I have seen and experienced how specificity works and how powerful that is. And I'm starting to see that actually it's not just an acting exclusive type of thing. There's a movement, there's a motion, there's a process of going, moving general to specific. And in that process, there's a power that starts to emerge from it. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte, exploring the challenges of the creative call so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Well, we're jumping right into one today, folks. Jumping right in, diving in. I have no idea what we're talking about. Brandon doesn't really know what, I don't think you really know what we're talking about. We had each thought that maybe we had some ideas coming in just to kind of throw out there and see what happens. Sometimes you do that. It's a, it's a good creative thing to do. It's like, let's just take something, dive in, see what comes out. And so I'm just going to throw something out there because this is something that I'm not entirely, I mean, there's maybe a few things that, that or maybe why this is coming up for me right now, but something that's been on my mind recently, just as a broad general thought topic is the, I guess it's not the idea, but it's the motion or the, the feeling, the, I think it's a lot of things, but this thing of gratitude, gratitude and and its place in our lives and how uh, how it's also a very useful thing in our lives, what it does to us and and I suppose also how gratitude is something that can't necessarily be faked either. So I don't I, I know that was like that's about as general and as broad of an introduction to anything that I've I've said on this show, but that's, that's, that was just something that's been, I guess, on my mind in a very sort of, yeah, in a very general way over the last few days. So I thought I would, I would just throw it out there and, and see if there's anything that you can pick up on there, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, gratitude's so important. I mean, that's been a big lesson for me, actually, over, I'd say the last year or two really has been gratitude and how much that actually plays into everything is to me it is it's actually always relevant I, where and how to make it relevant um I, like i couldn't say that it necessarily brought in anything specific for me but uh, something that you know maybe i'll okay i'll throw a piece into the into the <laughs> stew <laughs> something i've come to realize recently is that i've been doing work without real I'm doing work, at least in the creative medium. Um, so this has been an interesting kind of discovery for me because uh, I'd say in the last few months, I kind of put a pin in a little bit of my creative pursuits. They've been kind of, you know, this, I think this happens. This is interesting, actually, you know, as a, as an artist, I feel like we, we put things on the back burner, you know, we, and, and sometimes we, we don't just put them on the back burner, we shelve them. Yeah, you know, and we 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 put them in the pantry, <laughs> yeah. deep storage. You know, it's like 
Okay, I'll get to that. Like, I still want it. It's still good, but mm. like, I, I have no time for that now. Um, but there's been a project that's been, you know, I've talked about this a bit on the podcast. The um, the townsfolk script that we wrote years and years ago, and I I pulled it out, and I was talking about it on the podcast because I pulled it out, and I was doing a revision, and I was really really happy with the kind of discoveries and things that were happening and then life happened and that was okay i'm like i gotta shelf this again i gotta put it on you know put it on the back burner it's not there's this is there's other priorities things got to get taken care of and life happens right and so recently i've been kind of entertaining the idea of kind of you know getting it back on the front burner uh maybe maybe not quite the front burner just yet but it's been percolating you know it's been kind of on the stove, so to speak. And uh, something <laughs> I started to realize. kitchen and cooking metaphors yeah, can we throw that's... into this one? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm working with today. Um, and I started to realize as I started to kind of look at it, I'm like, wow, you've actually been working on this and you didn't even realize you were working on it. Because while life is happening, sometimes you're doing the art and you don't realize you're doing the art in the life you're living. And the insights that I've had over the last several months, while not directly working on this project, have greatly served what this project will ultimately be when I come back to it. Because there was things I didn't know several months ago that I know now, and they're very relevant. And I'm seeing how they're playing into the story. And last night, I mean, I was having one of those nights where I just couldn't sleep. I went to bed at a reasonable time. I woke up early that day. I worked all day. I should have been able to sleep, but I wasn't able to. So while I was laying in bed, you know, my mind's just kind of going. And I find when I can't sleep, often creative projects that are on the back burner start to surface and start to become <laughs> priority. <laughs> and I started to go, well, what if I did this? And what if I did that? And like, how does this thing relate to that thing? And, you know, this like breath of life started to come into the project. And I was like, whoa, like I never would have thought of that several months ago. Maybe this is kind of the wonderful part of this thing going to kind of put on hold. So gratitude, bring it all back around. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes life throws you off course. Maybe you can be grateful for it because you actually see that you weren't off course at all. Mm -hmm. You were actually on course, but maybe there was something that needed to happen or some things that need to plan. So I, that's how I'll tie it in for today. You know, it's one of those things, man, I'm reaching, but <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's sometimes those things that seem like diversions at first end up becoming something crucial that informs that thing that you, that you thought you were being diverted from. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that, and, and yeah, gratitude for, for those those moments i think of just realizing that um, and but sometimes also gratitude for maybe some like the challenging things that that you encountered on the way through to that as well i just wanted to say that <laughs> there was something about this idea of these old projects that decide to show themselves when when you're in a certain state of mind it's just like you know it's like it's like workers at you know 
who are, who are saying like, I don't know, when's, when should we, should, when should we approach the chief with this one? You know? And it's yeah. like, no, he's in a, he's in the right state of mind right now. He's, <laughs> he's tired and he can't sleep. He's open to, he's open to it. All right, go, go, go. <laughs> when's That's the a right fun time? way, a fun way to look at it. Yeah. That was just what was going through my mind there. But yeah, the, I think, I think gratitude is, and I mean, we talk about this as well in terms of, I think as well as like appreciation as well, like our law, our law of appreciation, man, we haven't, you know, we used to really talk about our laws a lot, you know, <laughs> they're great laws. And, and, and I think that they, they, they still are, but yeah, we, we would talk about that as like appreciation and, and how useful that is and how sometimes working to find gratitude is a necessary thing. And in fact, that I think that it's even a practice, right? And, and it actually is like, it's in terms of, I know like one of like a, a very sort of big, I think it's a, it's a Buddhist practice, but it's like you, it's a, it's a, it's a, there's loving kindness, but I think there is also like a kind of gratitude um, meditation where you actually really sit and contemplate, reflect on things. And, and because sometimes it, like I was saying, like you can't fake gratitude and there are moments in life where it can be hard to find, to find it. You know, like there's the, the cliche of like the, the kids sitting at the table who refuses to eat their dinner and the parents saying they're starving kids in, you know, in Africa right now, which is true. But to a child, like that's, that, that doesn't, you can't even really grasp onto that. Even as an adult trying to think about that, it's like, you don't really know what that means. You know, for most people in, in the Western world, we don't really have an understanding of, of what that's, what that is. Mm -hmm. And so I think that sometimes gratitude is something you've really got to, you've really got to work at. You've really got to spend time with sometimes. And, and I think that that's something we're not accustomed to doing. Again, we're very much, we are a culture of distraction. You know, we've, we are so sophisticated in our distraction apparatus. You know, we've got, we've got, you got your phone, you got your TV, you've got your, you know, you've got even, even other things like you can distract yourself in, in a book too. You can distract yourself in, in the gym. You can distract yourself, you know, even things that, you know, are, do still have positive benefits to our, to our life can also be used as a way of distracting ourselves from really looking at certain things with ourselves. And I think that that gratitude, gratitude, I think is something that we really have to, have to work at for many of us. We have to work at, I know it's something that I have to have to work at where I have to really actually reflect on my life or a situation and, and really start to feel into it, you know, because you have to take you have to take it out of the intellectual sort of space, right? Because it's very easy for us to just say, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm grateful for, you know, my family and my friends. And even though those things are probably true, 
right? It's like, you know, I think it's a thing with specificity. I think maybe that's what it is in terms of how do you really tap into being really and truly grateful for things in your life. I think that that's the problem is that we too often deal with gratitude and generalities. Mm. And I know that it's interesting because that's the thing in acting as well that I learned from my teacher, Larry. He was like, as far as actors learning how to access their emotions, it's like you can't do it in general terms. You know, you can't just say, mm. oh, okay, so uh, I need to be happy. So I'm going to think about uh, winning the lottery. Mm. Oh, okay. Oh, I just, you just want a bunch of money. But that for most people that doesn't for, that won't make you really come alive. That won't make the emotion real in you. You've got to, you've got to find specificity. And he said the specificity is the way in. And I think it's the same way with like how we experience gratitude in our lives is that we've actually got to find a specific thing. So it's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for my, I'm grateful for my friends. Okay. Well, well, what is it about your, your friends that you're grateful for? What are, what is it specifically the things that they, that they give you? You know, what is, what, what is the thing that, that about your friendships that, that nourish you, sustain you and, and really, really peel away the layers until you really connect to what the thing is. And then suddenly you, you know, you might find that there's a whole wellspring of just incredible love and, and love and, and just, just deep, deep thankfulness for for that thing so thank you for letting me just <laughs> yeah talk, no, like I'm, i was i was like i was basically just like talking that my way through that one and thinking my way through it and trying to figure this one out <laughs> so uh, thank you for obliging me on that one brandon no worries there's some things that you said that i that i think were good touch points for what can help us maybe enter this conversation which is well, for one, talking about being specific, I think that's such an important element of of what we're actually venturing into here because um, there's a saying in marketing, and I, this goes for this really goes for everything, but marketing particularly is a message to everyone is a message to no one. You need to talk to, you know, you need to know who you're talking to. It's such an important part of you know, where things, um, you know, like where, where things land. I mean, not everybody can hear the same story or, or watch or experience or listen to or whatever, the same story and have it land with them at that time. But if, if you're talking to the person that needs to hear that story, if you, if you figure out who you're talking to, that will be very personal to them because it feels like it's their story. And I think when it comes to, you know, things like, I remember, uh, you know, just you're talking about acting and specifics and stuff. And I remember I was actually working with Ted on an audition this one time and I, there was some kind of emotional part in the scene and I was having difficulty kind of getting there. And Ted was like, um, he said something like, um, well, you know, who's someone, you know, if it's like, do you, do you have someone you loved who's, who you've lost? And then, you know, I was thinking of my grandma and it was still not really accessible. And he's like, well, I want you to like, see her hands, like, look at her hands. 
And it's like weird because once you start getting specific about like things like that, things can, can kind of, there's some type of emotion that can come through that. And and maybe the hands is not going to be the thing, but like, to me, that's an example of just get specific, get, make this, make this real. Because I think that with particularly like for the actors out there, if you're like, I had a lot of difficulty accessing emotion when I was younger, because I blocked a lot of stuff out to just protect myself, to navigate the world and not be a wreck. Um, and then as I began to get access to my emotional life, it can be very overwhelming and it can be very difficult. And even though you might have success with it, sometimes you can regress back to this kind of blocked state again and not know why. Because you can be like, well, yesterday this was perfectly accessible to me. And today I can't even, I feel nothing. And, um, you know, I think part of what gets us to not feel is general, like making things distant from ourselves, like, making things very foggy and blurry and unspecific, you know, and like just very like in our head, like ideas of things. And what you need is you need that personal touch, you know, and you think about things that are like, um, like real personal experiences, moments, you know, stuff, stuff that maybe just only you had, and, and that will, that will get you an access point. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll just say one other thing where I pass it on, you know, you're talking about distraction and, you know, I'm well-versed in it. <laughs> and I was thinking, you know, distraction doesn't necessarily mean that you're not grateful. Sometimes distraction, although I know what you were getting at, but, but, well, at least I have an idea of what you were getting at. But I wouldn't say that just because you're distracted doesn't mean you're grateful. Because um, I do think no, that some... T- no, 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 no. And I, I didn't think you were saying that. Um, but I want to be kind of clear because distraction is a big thing as far as like the work that I do with myself and a lot of the work that I do with the students I work with because distraction is a big element of our journey and figuring out how to negotiate it. And I would like to use the word negotiate because sometimes you're in so much pain all you need is something to just get away yeah you know what i mean and so for those of you who find yourself distracted it might and you and you're starting to see the negative consequences of too much distraction it can be good to just ask yourself well what pain am i avoiding like what am i what am i trying to get away from Mm -hmm. you know what hurts and even asking the question can be just frightening in and of itself And I'm not saying you need to go and then hang out in that pain, but it might be worthwhile to just go like, what's the scary monster I'm trying to just not look at. And then Mm -hmm. you identify it and then you can go right back to your distraction. You don't have to go and hang out with the monster by any means, but it begins the process of breaking this spell you've kind of cast upon yourself of just being numb and disconnected from your life, which is my final point. Specific is very connected. And general mm-hmm. is very disconnected. And I would say that's generally pretty standard for most cases. So if you want to get distracted and be disconnected, be very general and unspecific. But if you want to get into it, you got to get specific and personal and, and, you know, and, and, and really like 
the distraction is usually a tell. It's a symptom of something, right? So mm -hmm. if you if you love your life and you're just super happy, you want to be there for every second of it. And if you aren't happy with your life, which everybody goes through, don't think that you're not normal by having this, but everybody goes through this, you're going to want to kind of disconnect from it because it's painful and it's uncomfortable. And why, you know, you want to dissociate from it. So um, I think that there's something about this where it's like, when you can become grateful for the monsters in your life, you can begin to, you can begin to see how sometimes the monsters or the people that play the bad role or the bad thing that happened is actually what's making you become more of who you can be. Mm -hmm. But that takes time. It takes, and you need to be gentle and kind with yourself. If you're going to, wrestle with a monster and befriend it <laughs> if we yeah. want to call it that i mean i i'm using some reaching words here but you get what i'm saying yeah no and and you're it's something that i wanted to get into uh too there's a few things that i want to get into but having gratitude for those monsters as you put it like that's that can be an incredible thing to actually make the monsters less scary yes right is to is to stand in front of it, so to speak, and say, thank you. You know, I'm, I understand that this is showing me something, that this is actually, um, yeah, it's, it's showing me something very often, something that is not working in your life, you know, uh, and typically those things that aren't working are, are, beliefs are you know f ways in which we are thinking about certain things looking at certain things it's so often what it is and so they're pointing that out that that monster that pain is pointing that out so in that context we can we can almost tran we, we can almost retranslate its appearance into into something that's trying to deliver us a message Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and sort of transmute that thing. Can I, can I add one thing, you know, Absolutely. As, we're, as we're talking about monsters, I, I, I no means want to say that if you had a monster or a monstrous experience in your life, that somehow befriending your monster, which is your experience of said monster is not making what the monster did. Okay. Sometimes mm -hmm. bad things happen that are objectively bad and destructive. And sometimes people do things that are objectively bad, destructive, evil even. And maybe they had good intent, whatever. It doesn't mean that it didn't hurt you. It doesn't mean that it didn't damage you or someone around you or something around you. It doesn't mean that it's okay. None of this is is going to is done to somehow let that accountability off the hook. Let's put it that way. But from a from the point of view of being in your corner, because I'm talking to you, who's the one who, who has the monster, I'm here, and I think Evan is here in the same respect, to champion you, 
to make you not have that monster have any more power or, con or control over you than it should absolutely have. Like for you to, to make that monster for you and your experience small so that it doesn't hurt your future or your potential or anything about your life experience any more than it already did. But it's not to say that what it did didn't hurt you deeply mm -hmm. because I've had monsters that have hurt me deeply. The difference though, is that when I have transcended it, it doesn't hurt me anymore. And I've carried my monsters with me sometimes for years and they just stifle me, right? When I do that. And so there's a certain point where it's like, I'm not scared of this thing anymore. I'm not scared of this person anymore. I'm not scared of this event happening anymore. And I'm, I try to look at it like, um, in almost like I was in a movie or a play and someone had to play a role and it was a, hor a horrible role they had to play. And instead of just having resentment or anger towards that person, I look at it like I'm the character that transcended the experience. And I, and I remove the antagonistic force out of the picture, you know, because I used to carry around anger and resentment to protect myself from that bad character coming into my life again, for example. But, um, you know, at a certain point, I started to realize it's like, well, I'll never let that bad character back into my life because now I see something I never saw before. And also at the same time, you know, like, you know, as I'm just kind of sharing this, it's, I, I've become jaded in certain ways and I'm working on not being jaded. You know, I look at my younger self who is much more idealistic, always saw the best in people you know, really was very trusting, gave people a lot of chances, you know, really assumed good intent out of everybody. And, mm -hmm. you know, as, as I experienced some things, it's been hard to hang on to some of those things in my, you know, as I've, as I've aged up and, you know, wised up, so to speak, but I want to reclaim some of it at the same time and not be naive this time as I do it. And I think this is part of the being specific, part of the gratitude of it, you know, where, where transcendence is also seeing that you're not the same person that faced the monster the first time. Mm. And you might encounter that same monster again, but now you're bigger and stronger and bolder and armored and wise. And you know, it's weak spots and you know, you know how to identify it before it even gets in your, in your area, you know, stuff mm. like that, that I'm grateful for. But it doesn't mean that what happened is okay. It just means yeah. that I'm grateful now that I have that. I've grown from it. So, you know, it's a much better well, focus point. I yeah. Suppose. I mean, you, yeah. you, you can't have, you wouldn't have learned from it and grown from it. Had you, if you were not able to actually acknowledge the, the harm or the yes. pain that it caused, right? Like there's just, there's no way that that aspect has to be acknowledged in order for you to actually go to the growth stage of it right so yeah no i think you're making you you make a great point there there's something that i want to swing a little bit back around to that um is starting to assemble a, a some form of a picture for me here and 
that is uh, that process of moving from the general to the specific. Because I do think that that is part of the creative process, part of being a creative human being, is that we don't really start in the specific place, right? Like everything always kind of starts at a general place, an initial, an initial starting point, which is important, right? It's important. We need to have some sort of an overall view of something, not entirely knowing what it is. And then we go into it and it's in that going into it that we start to, that, that we actually begin to find the specific. And I think that's very much a part of artistry. It's very much a part of this conversation that we're having right now. Like we started from a very general thing and now we're, we're finding these specific things because it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm really beginning to understand something with this thing of specificity. And in many ways, I, I acknowledge that there's in my life and in, in the past, and even still today, there's been a part, there's a part of me that resists that, that resists that, uh, being specific about things because there's something about once we start to get specific about things, once we really start to name things, especially things that are important, things that are important to us, things that actually mean something to us. There's something about that. That's just kind of scary about doing that. But at the same time, I don't know what you think about this, but I'm starting to think that there's power in specificity. There's incredible power in specificity. Which is maybe why like you often see like in, I don't know, not necessarily self-help things, but like when a lot of the questions that, that come up when you're maybe working with somebody trying to like understand where you want to go with your life or what do you want to do with your life? You often find that the questions that you're being asked, wherever that source is coming from are things that are telling you to get specific about things, right? Like what precisely is it that you, you want? What is exactly that you want to do? When is it that you want this to happen? And answering those questions can be very scary because there's almost the sense of like, you're responsible for it at that point, you know, but I think it's, you know, just because I'm thinking about this in terms of how I understand its power most, which is in the realm of acting, because I see how I, I, I have seen and experienced how specificity works and how powerful that is. And I'm starting to see that actually it's not just an acting exclusive type of thing. There's a movement, there's a motion, there's a process of going, moving general to specific. And in that process, there's a power that starts to emerge from it. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to leave. Oh, well, I'll, I'll add one more thing. And in many ways, that process is maybe the process of clarity. Okay. Yeah. You know, so there's a, there's a lesson that I've learned, um, with, helping anybody do anything. So getting people to be motivated, 
And this isn't about motivating them towards what you want, like literally motivating them to what they say they want. So they could say, you know, I want it. I want to be fit. What I, I'm just making something up. I want this. I want, I want to have a partner, a relationship. I want a car, whatever their thing is. You go, okay, great. Like, so why, why are you not like, what's the problem of why, why aren't you getting it? They'll usually, basically they'll come down to this one answer, which is, I don't know. And the reason why they don't know is because they're in a fog. And the rule is that nobody moves into a fog. And if you think about this, it makes perfect sense from a, like a, like a, it's a very human, like it's, it's like a ancestral thing. I can't see. I don't know what's out there. It could be dangerous. I don't know where to go. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what my next step is. If it's too foggy, it's like, I literally don't even know if the next step I take is off the edge of a cliff or what, I don't know what I'm walking into. So it tends to be that when we're in a fog, we stand still. We actually find stillness. So if you have something you want and you don't know how to get it, chances are you have no clarity. And clarity is something that, you know, sometimes just comes with time. You know, just put mm -hmm. time, attention towards something. The fog will pass. Clarity will come. You'll begin, you know... Make small, gentle movements towards whatever you think the right direction is. Feel around, be graceful, but take it easy. You know, that's one way to work through a fog. But wouldn't it be better if you could just clear the fog, right? And so when we're talking about specifics, it's like specifics in a lot of ways give us clarity. Like we understand, okay, you're about to walk into a very rocky territory, how rocky? Like it's, I said rocky, but rocky still general. Okay. They're pebbles, just, you know, lots of pebbles. So you need to wear shoes because it'll be hard on your feet. Okay. Or is it sharp volcanic rock where if you fall, you'll cut your head open or you could fall into a cave. Like how rocky are we talking? These things matter when you're mm -hmm. making a move, right? How dangerous is it? What, what am I, what are my obstacles? So you still in a fog, but now you know your terrain. That makes a big difference, right? Okay. Um, you know, are there cliffs? Are, is there water? Like water. I'm using reference points to kind of give you an idea. If you think of yourself literally in the middle, like you just wake up in the middle of the bush or something in the middle of nowhere, and it's all fog around you and you can't really see. What you could do is look at your feet and be like, hey, what am I standing on? It's a road. That is an identifier that helps you. Okay, this is I'm I'm probably on a street or a road or some town or or something. Okay, so now you can start to go like what you know what can, what else what other clues can I find? So I think that you know as we're talking about this whole thing, there's something about specifics which help us to understand ourselves where we're at what we're dealing with where we're trying to go what we're trying to do and this helps us move and i think distraction for me is very much me just wanting to stand still and be okay with standing still because standing still i think ultimately feels quite uncomfortable for us like we have things we want and we desire but we don't know how to get them 
and we don't, we're too scared to move. So what's a great alternative if we just can't find an answer? We just distract ourselves and go, I'm just going to feel good here for now. Mm-hmm. And like maybe the fog will pass and then I can move, you know? Yeah. 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 Feel, feel good in the fog because, and, you know, I think that there's standing still in the fog, which I think is, is better than just running around aimlessly in it because then you're, you know, you're acting out of a place of confusion. You're acting out of a place of, of like zero clarity. And right? careless, carelessness. Carelessness. You could hurt yourself or hurt others. You yeah. know, there's, there's all sorts of problems. Like it's not like, I think, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm just no, saying no, no. it's wise to not run around like an idiot in the fog. <laughs> like yeah. that's not a, if you find yourself in the fog, a lack of clarity and you don't know how to move, you're actually doing an intelligent thing. This is very natural and intelligent. You shouldn't mm-hmm. beat yourself up for it. I just want to point that out because yeah. it would be irresponsible for you to just go like, I'm just going to wing it and run. You don't know what you're running into. So, you know, and you, you know, there could be bad things out there. There could be bad actors out there, bad players out there that you're Mm -hmm. running into. You don't know. So you should, sometimes stillness is the answer. So let's just be really clear about that as we venture down this analogy that we're kind of working with, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hey everybody, this is Evan. And this episode is brought to you by my book. Yes, I recently released a book called The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. Yeah, and and there's something about stopping and and engaging in the process of of understanding that whole thing of moving from that general to specific that begins to i think dispel dispel that fog something just dawned on me evan you'll love this please please acting what what was the one lesson when you don't know what to do don't do anything at all that's one of the key lessons we learned in acting Mm -hmm. when you're in a fog don't do anything let that moment happen. And that's such an important lesson for actors, but isn't that an important lesson for life? I mean, what a yeah. great parallel. Because all of a sudden you start doing something, like, oh, I guess I'll do this, it'll be more interesting. It's like, no. Yeah, what it's usually, it's it's disconnected. usually a, yeah, it's usually yeah. a cringe-worthy event for everybody totally. involved <laughs> because you do the thing that, that you you cocked up in your mind to do and and as soon as you do it you're like oh that was dumb and yeah. everyone else is going like what i remember <laughs> i remember one of the first acting classes i ever took like sort of outside of you know like like the public school like my you know my traditional education and there was this scene that i was handed you know it was one of those uh like autops like i was it was a role of of yeah someone who was like performing an autopsy or something like that like a medical examiner type of a thing and i'm doing this scene and it and i thought oh wouldn't it be really interesting if like i was actually just like really bored 
you know, like this was like really boring to me. Like this is just another day. I'm like, I'm going to yawn. Right. As I'm like talking, going over these morbid details with this, with this detective. And so I did this thing and like the moment I did it, I was just like, that didn't feel good. (laughs) That felt really awful. And, and the teacher just kind of let, let the seed play out. And then at the end of it, he just went, what the fuck was that thing you did with your mouth? (laughs) Were you like, were you gagging? Were you, what was that there? And I just was like, uh, like I was already like, I put my head, head down, just, just, my shame on full display just being like i was i was yawning like i thought it would i would yawn in in the scene and that it would be and he's like oh yeah it looked real weird like it looked (laughs) real weird and 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 put on so yeah it was this it was yeah that was just awful I think that well, I, there was a point to that story. Uh, no, but thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing the example. I feel like sometimes, you know, it's good for us to fall on the sword a little because I've done so many dumb things as an actor. Like, I'm just like, I know what you mean. Like, it, it's, it's, and, and it comes from this, this place of like, I don't know, at least from, I'll speak for myself. I'm not going to speak for everybody, but like, I really wanted to be good and I wanted to look good and I wanted, to be interesting. I want people to like it, you know? Of course. Yeah. It comes from this very, like, you know, it's, it's a well-meaning thing. And a lot of times, and sometimes it's like a very human thing, but like, Oh, for sure. You know, I think to be accepted, to be, you know, to be appreciated and, and valued for what you do. Like there's a lot of stuff that's behind that. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of pointing out that like, you know, I think sometimes we judge ourselves when we're not moving and we're not standing still, you know, I know I have for sure. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think like, um, I think something that's kind of coming up for me as we're kind of working through this is like, yeah, like, um, you're, you find yourself in this moment in your life, unclear, unsure of what to do. And that might be a moment to just be with you you know, and, and maybe that's the point, you know, maybe the point is so that you'll stop and be with you because, you know, maybe you've been moving in a direction that at one time seemed really good and the fog came along and you, you, you got kind of unclear and unsure about what you were doing. And when the fog clears, maybe you're going to see things differently but you needed to stop for a moment to be with yourself and go, wait a minute, is this really where I want to go? Is this really what matters to me? And this is a hard thing. I think, you know, for the younger people out there, they might not resonate with this much, but I think as you get older, you start to find out that things that mattered to you when you were younger don't matter at least the same way that they once did. And that's a very kind of startling recognition And you're like, wait a minute, like that mattered so much to me. That was everything to me at one time. And now when I really stop and check in, I couldn't care less. What, what do I do? You know? And at first you just feel like you're broken. (laughs) Well, I did. (laughs) And I'm like, what, 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 like, I need to get it back. I need to get back the desire for that thing I desired before. That's what I'll do. I'll get, I'll get that desire again. 
And then I started to realize I couldn't. And so, you know, I kept finding myself in this fog over and over and over again until I realized, you know what? I don't want this. And then I looked around when the fog cleared finally one time, I don't know what time, how many times I had to be in the fog (laughs) over that said thing I'm referring to. But then one day it's just, I looked around and I went, Hey, that's pretty cool over there. Actually, that excites me. I want that. And all of a sudden I started moving that way. You know, in in all fairness, it wasn't that far off the same line that I was on. It's just the directory just changed maybe a smidge, but it was, but over time, a smidge can be massive, right? But early on, sometimes it's just like, you just, you just need to adjust your focus just a touch, right? And so you can be grateful for the fog as opposed to looking at the fog. I used to always look at it like, oh man, I have no motivation, no purpose, I'm lost. And I looked at all these negatives. Whereas now I try to look at it like, this is maybe a moment to to be before I see, you know? Mm. Mm. It's, some of this conversation is reminding me a little bit of our episode, I don't know, a few weeks ago, I think, the all perspective all the time. Mm. And, you know, in our metaphor of, of yeah, of, of like the mountain lifting you up kind of a thing in that in that sort of clarity because and and that again that whole thing of that movement from the general to the specific because when you're looking up at that sort of mountaintop, it's a very general thing. Mm-hmm. Right? But it's point it's get it but it gets you going in the direction. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it gets you, it's, it's, an, it's enough to, to, to start you moving in something, but you actually don't know the details. You don't know, you don't know that, that journey up there intimately yet. You don't know the specific yet. You don't know the peaks and the valleys and the winding, you know, you know, rocks and trees and roots and, and everything on, on the way there. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it just, you know, it just, he, it just dawned on me that, that and th- this often happens folks. If you've, uh, <laughs> if you never really, uh, if you haven't listened to our, our podcast before, we often find that some of these, these topics we have that kind of work as nice little like groupings <laughs> together. Yeah. No kidding. You know, there's something that comes up for me with the mountain climbing analogy as well. You're going to have a lot of company at the bottom of the hill. Because that's where everybody is looking up at the mountain. Only a few climb it, and then only a few make it all the way. And, you know, that's something about doing anything that you want to do in life. You know, you're, you're, it's, it, they say it's lonely at the top because when you climb something, most people just submit to, well, you know, that's too hard. I'll just stay. And, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but if you have some mountain to climb in your life, that's important to you. Some, you know, and if it's about more than, you know, maybe initially it might've been about like, let me climb that mountain. So everybody sees me and I can say, I climbed that mountain. And that's what it's about in the beginning. I don't think there's anything wrong with that in and of itself. If that's what gets you going, that might be your initial start. I know that was a Mm -hmm. lot of it for me. I'll be honest and straight about that. But I've come through that part of my journey and it starts to become, well, I want to climb this mountain because, you know, I want like 
I want to do something like, you know, and, and part of the reason why I teach is because, you know, I, I want to show people that they can do something that maybe they don't believe they can do. And that's become important to me. And then it's like, well, why do you care? You know, and this is a good question though. Like, why do you care to show anybody? Like, why? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, and then I have to get real honest with myself. It's like, it's not just cause you're a good guy. Like, let's, you know, like, yeah, maybe you are, but it's not just because you're a good guy, you know, it's, there's something in that and there's some, there's some, maybe there's a wound and then you start to look and you go, you know what? Nothing I ever did when I was a kid was ever good enough. And I started to believe that nothing mattered. And then at a certain point in my life, I realized that things did matter even if I didn't realize how they mattered. And I remember, uh, there's, there's a woman now she's quite successful filmmaker. Now. Um, I remember the day that she came up to me in the gym and I was, hadn't seen her in a few years and we were in class together way back in the day. And she said, you know, I just wanted to thank you because when you made your show, it inspired me to make mine. And she went off and became a very successful director. And I didn't, ever plan on that happening. But I try to remember moments like that. And I go, well, if that's all I ever did in life was inspire some people to do some things that were pretty cool, then that's, 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 that's pretty good because you know what, in some ways, that's what I need. Mm -hmm. You know, I need encouragement. And if I'm somehow encouraging people, like um, I can get behind that, that gives me a little bit of purpose, you know? And so Instead of it becomes about me climbing the mountain. So it's like, yeah, I'm the one that inspired you to be a filmmaker. Like, like I don't, that doesn't even matter to me, but it's like the fact that she shared that I inspired her inspires me to Mm. do it. Cause I kind of fell off the mountain a little bit at one point in my life, you know? So it's like, we can all, we all serve each other. Sometimes we're doing our thing we don't know what we're doing we don't know why it matters but maybe it matters more than you realize and maybe it matters for different reasons than you realize you know but i think also like my point and why i even went off on this whole thing was like yeah it can get lonely at the top of the mountain and you can think oh man i'm all alone up here and nobody gets me and meanwhile there's someone who's just a little bit behind you on that mountain and they're going man look at he climbed that i could climb that too and they're 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 coming up to meet you (laughs) Mm-hmm. And then they're going to climb up the next part that you're stuck at. And you're like, man, I, I, I can't climb this mountain. I'm, what was I even thinking? And they climb it. And then you might go, Hey, wait, they climbed it. Maybe I can climb it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you just keep inspiring each other. And so maybe that's what it becomes, you know, and, and there's definitely a lot of my journey where I felt like I was just alone. And I'm sure a lot of people do. And that's a hard part of, any journey for anyone and artist or not, you know, you just feel alone and you don't realize, Hey, like, that's why I always say in this podcast, I try to always relay the message. Like you matter more than you realize. And the reason why I say that is because for so much of my life, I didn't think I mattered. And I still struggle with that today. I, a lot of the time I'm like, I, nobody cares. I don't matter. But I, and sometimes when I'm telling other people, you matter, I'm telling myself, Brandon, mm-hmm. remember you matter. You know, you matter like, and, and moments like that, if I can, if I can 
I'm so grateful for that moment because that's a life-saving moment. Someone just comes up and says, hey, thank you. You're so thankful for their thank you of acknowledgement because it's like, I'm alive and my life actually did something good. Maybe I'll just carry on. You know, I'm in a lot of pain and I have no purpose and I feel lost and I'm totally in a fog, but maybe I'll just carry on because, you know, maybe something's happening here. I don't realize. And, and, you know, and this is what we need, you know, we need to, um, that's why I think like, I don't know. There's a lot in this talk, man. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> definitely taking a lot some, in this. some yeah. directions. Yeah. I just want to say to sort of your, your last point there is, you know, it's almost like this, this, this funny type of joke, I think for, in terms of like creative vitality in a sense that you, you hold these two things at once, which is by acknowledging what you said, that what you do matters while at the same time, recognizing that it's not serious and that it's not important at the same time. Like it's, it's, and, and uh, there's been a lot of, people who've made there's some pretty good quotes on I can't remember who said them but <laughs> surprise surprise but it's like you know it doesn't matter what you do but it but it it matters that you that you that you're doing what you're doing right like it's you, you've got to you got to hold these two things at once because if you know an artist who who doesn't think that what they're doing matters at all is probably there there's there's going to be a, a a certain lack of depth to what's being done it will never the deepest parts of themselves will never really be expressed if you're not if you're treating it like it doesn't matter but at the same time if you think that what you're doing is so important mhm Right, like there's another thing that comes along with that, and there's, I mean, two th two examples, two types of artists that I can, that I imagine in my life is, is one who's just doesn't do anything, right? Because it's just there's too much weight on on everything, and then the other direction that can take is just the, the fucking blowhard. <laughs> You know, where it's just like, you just want to be like, please come off of it. Like, it's just, there's this kind of self-indulgence that, that emerges in, in the ego of that type of artist too, where it's just like, ah, what I do is so important. And everyone's <laughs> just like, oh, please just shut up. You paint pictures, you know, like it's, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and it's like, it, and, but the thing is like, it's important. We, 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 yeah. we, we want to see these, you know quote unquote pictures from, from artists, you know, they are important, but like we don't want it to be so important either. So it's, it's one of those things. So it's like, it really matters. It really does matter that, that you do it, but don't, but is it serious? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and it's that, that's a, that's a funny almost thing that I, that I always just feel this urge to kind of laugh about where it's just like, yeah, that's a funny <laughs> It's a funny way that that how that how that works, you know. It's like it matters and it doesn't mm -hmm. <laughs> all at the same time. Yeah, it's like you know, 
it, it, when the ego takes over and you become self-important and the things you do, you know, you start to make them matter so much, it's actually not good for you and it's not good for anyone else. And I think the thing is, is that it's, you know, there's, um, there's a balance. I heard a quote the other day, which was, um, the ego is so good at tricking you that it convinces you that its thoughts are yours. Mm. And I think that's a really great way to like, keep yourself in check, you know, and I always try to go back to this one analogy. Who's watching me watch myself, watch myself. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like what? Because I can keep removing myself from me. I can keep stepping out of it and watch myself doing life, watching myself doing life over and over and to, to, to infinity. Mm -hmm. And that thing that can do that infinite, that's more you than the thing that it's watching. And your ego is, I think you get obsessed with watching the ego. You get obsessed with watching yourself and you start to think you're the thing that you're watching. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's, um, I know that's kind of meta and heady and whatever, but like the thing is, is like, we can get trapped in, in pride and, and identity and all of that stuff. And like, it, it, it's a consequence. And I'll give you an example. You're climbing the mountain and you stumble, but you don't just stumble. You stumble bad. You stumble embarrassingly in front of everyone. And you get knocked out of the climb for a little while too. And, and the move you did was dumb and you know, it was dumb and you know, you took an unnecessary risk and, you know, made a, made a silly mistake. And now you're laying there and you don't know if you can get back up and you don't know if you can continue the climb. And if you're the climber who needs to be successful to be valuable, you're fucked. But if you're the character that made a mistake and is working out how to, how to, how to deal with it, how to get back up, what does it mean? Is this, you know, is there something to learn? Is there something to gain? You know, who was I before the fall and who am I now? That's power. And that's where gratitude needs to exist, right? But the the climber that could never make a mistake, the climber who had to be ahead of everyone, the climber who, who never embarrassed themselves, never did anything wrong, that's the ego. And the ego lives in that area. It lives in this area of like, if you fuck up, you're nothing. And it makes you believe that thought. And that's where the ego like becomes toxic, you know, and the ego needs to die many times in life, I think, because you continually use the ego, but don't let it use you. Understand that the ego is like skin of a, a snake in a way. It's just going to shed it. You're going to shed it and you're going to shed it. And you're never the skin. You're never the thing you see. You're never that. That's just what you look like right now. That's just mm -hmm. the, the in a sense, the avatar of, of you at this moment. You're not that thing, but you get to activate that avatar. You get to use that skin for now. Mm -hmm. And don't over-identify with the skin because whatever that avatar is, that skin, whatever you want to call it, it's going to die. And it needs to die 
because something underneath needs to be shown. And, and when I think of the analogy of the embarrassing fall of the climber who was the best and is now knocked down a peg, embracing that ego is a good thing. That is the champion. It's very easy to just be the person on top, never making a mistake, flawless. Mm -hmm. You know, that's so easy, but no growth will happen in that, in that role. You know? Yeah. 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 It makes you think how the, the word persona, which is, you know, a very old Greek word means mask. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it's a mask, which I, I've, I've, when I learned that I've found that to be very entertaining entertaining and provocative because you know we talk about you know oh the persona which we could say it's like yeah it's kind of like the ego and there's almost like this recognition of just like yeah it's 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 a mask it's not it's it's the part that you're playing you know in in this in this world and again it's like you know using the the analogy of you know like acting or the theater or something like that it's like it's all a play you know, again, it's not serious, right? But you play your role, play your role and play it, play it as best you can, Mm -hmm. you know, and yes, yes. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Play it as best you can while you're, while you're playing that role. Yeah. And, and, but it's not serious. It's not serious. serious. It's just a mask. Just, just, you know, and then you never take yourself too seriously in the whole thing. And, and, uh, and not, and the, and nice thing about a mask too, and this analogy we're playing with at the moment, you can take the mask off. It doesn't have to be forever. Mm-hmm. You know, like don't over identify with it because at some point, you know, that play will end and you'll begin a new play with a new persona. And this is just yeah. life, man. I mean, like it can be the, it can, sometimes it's not like an error. Like you don't make an error in life and you change personas. It's you have a child. And you've all of a sudden become a father or mother or something. And it's like, now you have this new role and all of a sudden it's not just about you anymore. And Mm. then the mask that you used to have where it's like, yeah, I go out and I party every weekend and I drink and I do whatever. And, you know, and I don't care about anything starts to become, man, things that I have vulnerabilities, things matter Mm -hmm. and you get depth and there's new, an addition, but you grow into something and, that old mask just doesn't serve you like it used to. And that's okay because it did for yeah. a time, but now it doesn't have a place anymore. Well, there, there's these things that I think begin to show you. You know, I've never really thought as, as deeply. See, this, I, I just love this whole thing. I'm really, I'm really seeing so much of like this whole general to specific thing because, again, we were starting from a general place and, and thinking just about this mask analogy right? Where it's like, you know, we're kind of going around thinking most of us and we just, we think we're this mask. This is, this is who we are. This is what we are. I am this mask. And then through some experiences and, and learning some things you, you discover, it's like, wait a second. There's like this, there's like this head, there's like this head behind this thing. Oh, that's interesting. And then it's like, wait, hold on. What is, what's this thing? You, you start <laughs> to discover that like there's, you're not just this mask. There's this whole other thing that's, that's way bigger than just that mask is. 
like most of you isn't this mask. <laughs> most of who you actually are is like this this immense thing that's behind it, right? So this is just something I'm just talking this because I'm just kind of discovering this whole thing for myself at the moment. We're like, oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. when you dive into it. That's a, that's a fascinating thing to 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 just contemplate, like the real sort of ramifications of of that image right mm-hmm. which is like in, in in terms of our lives and and who we are and what we think we are and, and all that stuff as as the mask and it's like yeah the, it's it's the mistake the mistake is thinking that that we're the mask not realizing that it's that the mask is just a mask it's just this it's just the part that 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 you're playing and and what what most of what you actually are because it's not that you're not also that thing mm-hmm. right it's not that you're that that's not somehow a part of it but it's just that it's not most of it <laughs> but we think that that's all of it and i think that that's part of our our journey as as human beings and as individuals is is that is that discovery is that that continual learning mhm you know, I think there's a an element too in this where it's there's self-awareness and you are playing a character you're not fully aware that you're playing, which is something to keep in mind. It's mm-hmm. not like most of us are not putting on a mask going like, I'm going to be this person. Like even if you are trying to be a person in a certain way, there's so many other elements to the persona that you're not going to realize are there and they're just coming into the game with you and, and, and you might not become aware of them. Like something I've become very aware of is I have this tendency to fawn. So fawning, I, I've only recently become aware of this because I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, like w- when I'm around somebody who's maybe not, uh, let's say, morally upstanding, <laughs> I'm like, why do I, why am I so like accommodating and gentle? I just noticed that with myself. Like, why, why do I do that? And I noticed that there's this, I do what's called fawning. It was something that came to light because I started to learn about this response we have. So when you're in danger, you'll do one of four things, apparently fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. So fight means you come up against danger and you go, I'm going to fight the danger that I'm experiencing or the threat that I'm dealing with. Uh, Flight is run from it. I'm going to flee. I'm going to get away from it dangerous and I'm faster, I'll get away, I'll escape, or it's more powerful than I am. Freeze is I'm just not going to do anything. I'll just stay absolutely still, draw no attention to myself, and then it will overlook me. Fawning is the is kind of weird, but fawning is you actually you you actually go towards it and like befriend it. And this is what I was saying was the danger mm. of befriending the monster. So my dad was very assertive when I was younger and I was very scared of him. And so what I learned in response was to fawn, was to pat his ego, was to be his friend, was to become helpful. 
was to accommodate him, do things mm-hmm. like this. And I've noticed that when I'm in a, a situation where somebody has a bad vibe, low energy, if I'm not going to run and I don't freeze, I'm generally not going to fight. Like it takes a lot to get me to a fight point. I'm just, it's just not my nature. It was never really how I was in, I think also in the, now this is just some of self-awareness. I'm just sharing because maybe someone else will have an enlightenment about this. I had two older brothers who are like six and eight years older than me. So you got to think when you're a little kid, that's a pretty big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was very like six, four, big, muscular, very successful, very powerful. Um, so I learned with my brothers and my dad, part of navigating that was to fawn because fighting was an option. They would dominate me. I had no chance. Fleeing was not really an option. I couldn't just run away all the time. Mm-hmm. Freezing was impractical. Like, what am I going to do? Just sit there and not say anything, not do anything. So I fawned, which is I started to just kind of try to make them feel good. And I, I felt like by making them feel good, they would accept me more. And that, you know, it's what happened. And I'm not saying my brothers mm-hmm. and my dad were bad, but I'm saying that it's a response. And so what I've come to realize is that Sometimes I'm in an unsavory situation and I'll fawn because it's a survival mechanism. And I have only recently become aware of this. And I'm like, oh, look at that. I'm fawning. So now I've I've gone, okay, you're aware. Do you want to fawn? And do you even want to be in fight or flight and fawn and freeze? Do you even want to be in that state? So one thing is if you're in the state, then you can decide. And I think for me now, it's not necessarily um, flight, but I've kind of come to the realization that I'm going to walk away or I'm going to fight and stand up for myself because that's what I would rather do. I feel like some more empowered choice and a more in line with where I'm really at. Mm-hmm. Cause I've had people, for example, Evan, sorry, I'm going on a bit of a talk here, but it was like a self-awareness thing. I had someone say to me, Hey, you know, Brandon, I didn't like the way that person was talking to you. And I was like, I didn't like it either. And they were like, well, why did you let them talk to you like that? And I was just like, well, you know, I didn't want to rock the boat. I didn't want to whatever. And they're like, you shouldn't let that happen. That wasn't okay. And I thought about that later. I was like, they're right. It wasn't okay. I shouldn't be letting people talk to me like that. But what I was doing was fawning. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, I was tolerating it because I didn't want to rock the boat. And what I wanted to do was just de-escalate and like, you know what I mean? But until you're aware of this, you don't know you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And this is my point is like, that is a part of my persona, but the shit, the, the skin or the, the skin gets shed and the mask gets taken off once you become aware and you go, you know what, this is an old version of me no more. Mm-hmm. And now I still have other masks, other skins that I'm wearing that I don't even know I'm wearing or whatever, but I can take that one off and be free of it. And I have an option now. And if I'm going to fawn, I do it by choice as opposed to by this audit, like automatic kind of response. That's not necessarily good for me. Yeah. Just like a compulsive, Mm -hmm. like more of a compulsive type of thing. Yeah. No, that's, that's, you know, I've never heard of heard. I've never heard of that before either, but it's, it makes sense to me. That's definitely, yeah, it's interesting. It is. Well, we're very interesting people, (laughs) all of us. (laughs) Each and every one of us, we have all sorts of ways of going about it. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is good. So, well, look before we do beer because I know we're about to. Um, 
like, maybe I'll just tie that point back into one thing. When I become aware of myself, although sometimes embarrassing to recognize, I'm trying to look at it not judgmental and instead be grateful and be like, hey, look, you know, you're not doing this for no reason. And it's not because like I'd call myself weak. Oh, you're you're weak. You're like a weak man. It's like, no, you're not weak. It's like this was learned behavior to survive an environment or thrive in an environment that you didn't know how to deal with and you didn't have the tools or the awareness to deal with. Now you do. If you find yourself in these environments again, you can be different. Don't blame yourself for how you were. Be grateful that you be, you came to this recognition and now you have other options that you didn't previously have before. But what I would used to do is I used to go, oh man, what an idiot. I was so dumb. That was so weak and stupid. And I would just be so hard on myself about it. You know what I mean? Which is another persona that I am carrying with me. It's like, why do you beat yourself up? What's that about? And that's a good question to look at and be like, why do you default to beating yourself up and judging yourself? Where does that come from? And do you, is that serving you? And do you want that? And these mm-hmm. are these in the fog freeze moments where you can kind of go like, wait a minute, let's take a, let's take a account of who I am and what I'm doing. So if yeah. I could tie this back to gratitude, I would say that's where I've kind of got mm-hmm. gratitude towards this. Yeah. And, and a word that comes to mind as well with a lot of the things that we're talking about and a lot of what, is being inferred and what you're saying is is honesty is the incredible amount of just honesty that is required that that you need to have with yourself in order to find the wisdom in order to to get the clarity in order to yeah like there's like you can't you you can't get anywhere without without that level of honesty and, and being able to do that with yourself. So, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> let's let's talk job, about man. some, let's talk about some beer and uh, wrap this baby up. Let's do it. So I'll, uh, I'll go ahead. Okay. I'm drinking, uh, I'm, you know, I'm just drinking a, a lager today. Uh, this is from Vancouver Island Brewing and it's just called Islander Lager. And you know, Loggers are not, they're not exactly a beer that, that has the most kind of like flavor profiles for you to grab. But as far as loggers are concerned, this is really good. I, I like it a lot. It's, it, it delivers on everything that you want a logger to do, but it's really, you know, it's got a freshness to it. You know, it's not just that it's light and easy to drink. There's something very fresh about this one. Like it's almost like it's got a kind of a sweetness to it and and it's it's really good. I'd definitely get this one again. So nice. Well, I think that's the ultimate, you know, way to say it. it's like if you'd get the beer again, then they're doing a good job. <laughs> I'm having another one from Red Collar Brewing. And this one's their Mars and Bavarian lager. And it's good. It actually has, uh, I would say, a bit more of a flavor profile than most lagers do. Um, it's good. It's uh, I'd get it again. It's it's a little bit different. I mean, f- for me, I suppose, to what I'm accustomed to. 
but uh yeah i don't know it's a nice hot day lager you know and yeah. uh I so, you know I've been kind of on this kick recently where I like find a brewery and I like do a lineup of beers for a little while like as yeah. opposed to I've had times where I'm like okay let's this brewery this brewery this brewery um so red collar I just want to say thanks guys because you've been supplying me for a good run here and you've done well <laughs> you've nice. done well um nice. all right well final final notes uh yeah man I don't know do you want to go first or yeah any... I'll I'll, I'll, I'll right. go ahead. So, I mean, for me, what I'm really, this conversation started out from talking about gratitude, but for me, the conversation is, has spilled out into, into something else. Um, at least it's, that's really the thing that's grabbing me from this conversation that I'm really walking away with is, is this thing of the power and specificity. Like, it seems like something that has been staring me in the face for such a long time. But is, is I'm like, I'm, I'm really, I really am, am, I don't even know how to put this. All I can say is that I'm going to make an effort to actually be more specific about things in my life, to be more specific about, in particular, the things that, the things that I want, I guess, you know, and, and being and, and with, with honesty and continually working towards that thing and, and especially understanding it as a process as well, where of, of moving from the general to specific, because I feel like there's a number of areas in my life in which I'm still keeping things in very general terms. And these are things that I feel like just want me to spend some time with it, give it some attention, right? And and start to take it into the specific place because I think that specificity makes things come alive. It makes things come alive within us. It is 100% true in what I know about acting and in, in actors being effective in their craft. And I am 99.9% .9 sure that this translates outside of that realm too. So get more specific. I'm not going to, I'm, you know, there's, there's a fear and there's a resistance that I think comes up at least for myself, but you know, I'm, I think for a lot of other people too with that, but, oh, it's, it's, it's power. Like it's real, like, like specificity with yourself in, in the things that mean something to you. Like that's, that's you tapping into, uh, what, uh, the, the author Gary Zukov would say is it, that taps you into authentic power, not, not just, not just, um, you know, that other kind of egotistical power, but, but real authentic power comes from that honest specificity with yourself. So, man, why wouldn't you want to tap into that? So mm -hmm. getting specific, that's where I'm taking away. Well, I love that insight. And I think that for me, coming back to gratitude has just kind of been a touch point because I feel like we've we've been venturing off and, and they, these talks that are 
we jump into, they're, they're often like that, where we go down rabbit holes and we explore ideas and it can be easy to kind of lose your way in the whole mix of it all. So I keep kind of trying to come back to gratitude as like, wait, we started by talking about gratitude. Let's just try and tie that back in and, you know, see how that relates. Um, because I do feel like everything we went into, this has been a really great talk for me in terms of setting a stage to explore and, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm grateful, you know, I'll just say this, I'm grateful for the opportunity to share with you and our audience, some insights that I've had about my journey and how I'm shifting and, you know, evolving as, as a person, as an artist, as, as whatever. And, you know, it's been a journey. And so I hope that, you know, as I share this, that maybe it helps you and it helps others to maybe have some honesty and look at themselves because like even the last little bit of admitting like the fawning, I mean, there's like stages of like self-awareness where they can be kind of embarrassing and like can almost be ashamed of it or like just like judgmental of it. And I would say like, don't, you know, you know, my, my thoughts on this are like, don't beat yourself up about some awareness you have about yourself. Just, you know, like you're not, we don't have to be perfect. Like this is a trial by fire life and artistry and all that stuff. So much of it is just, you know, you, you, you try something, you get burned, you go, okay, that doesn't work. That hurt. Uh, let me try this. Okay. That, kind of worked but then it didn't and then okay and you just work it out as you go and i think that to, to second your insight about the power in being specific i think that was such that is really the true nugget of this conversation because if you find yourself in a fog you're not going to feel very powerful and there's power in just going like what can I see right now? What's what's in my very obvious, very immediate environment? And then you can work from that. And, you know, and I, as somebody who, who had a very clear vision at one point in my life and then felt like I entirely lost it and then have been recapturing and regaining what is kind of a new vision, but kind of like the last one, but different in the period of being in the mass fog where I couldn't see anything. And I felt purposeless. Um, don't, I would just say, don't make yourself wrong or bad or judge yourself for being confused or lost. Like understand that sometimes that's a part of the journey and maybe you need to stop and maybe you just need to be. And I would say, you know, if I, if I was speaking to myself on the other side of this world, you know, in this podcast, I would say like, if you need to just be with you right now, and that's all you can do, and you can't see what you want or where you want to go, or really anything beyond your own shoes, that's okay. And I'd, 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 I'd say start there. And the fog will clear and the clues will come. And even if you're just going to inch your way through this kind of lack of clarity for a little bit, that's okay. And eventually you're going to pick up your stride 
you know, and you're going to, you're going to all of a sudden one day you're going to look and you're going to be like, Hey, I'm moving. And you're going to be like, things are clear. And, and not only do I see far in the distance, I see, I see images and visions and dreams of things that are beyond mountains that I can't even look beyond right now. And I, I have optimism that they're there if I climb that mountain and get to the other side. And so it's okay to be in the fog. I think in some ways we all have to start there. So start there. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.